Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Circa. Love the world you live in and we'll help you explore it. One of my first associations with travel is kind of a weird one. So this is 1980s suburban Long Island. Picture a basement with shaggy orange carpet and this giant monstrosity of a TV. Me, my brothers, and my sister on our stomachs in front of the TV, our hands in our upturned palms, and we're all staring rapt at Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones VHS tapes were burnt out in my house. We were all obsessed with them. Our parents were so sick of watching us act out the scenes because, you know, it's terribly violent. (laughs) Growing up watching Indiana Jones was when I first sort of fell in love with the exotic backdrops of those movies. You know, they're supposed to take place in the wilds of Peru in these gold-dusted, sun-bleached scenes of Egypt, the bustling back streets of Shanghai. Um, We were wearing out the VHS tapes. I mean, it was... The, we were just obsessed with them. And I remember um, one time one of my mom's friends was over the house and she saw me watching Indiana Jones, you know, with these giant eyes standing like two feet from the TV. And she says to my mom, oh, that's so cute. She has a crush on Indiana Jones. I don't have a crush on Indiana Jones. I want to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> which is funny because now I specialize in luxury travel, which like you don't get much further from Indiana Jones than that. <laughs> But really, that was one of my first sort of um, templates for this kind of adventurous figure that travels around. And of course, I can't say that that gave me the travel bug. But once I actually did start properly traveling, it was confirmed. And I was like, yes, yes, that is correct. Yes, this is what I like. This is what I want to do. That's the voice of the excellent Nicole Trillivas, a writer from the US now based in the United Kingdom. I talked with her many times over a few months from her home in London to see if we could glean some practical advice and inspiration about the courage, focus and work it takes to travel and to write for a living. But we got so much more than that. 
I'm Neil Innes, and in this journey series from Circa, we talk with Nicole, a luxury travel expert, novelist, and professional jobbing writer who has written for almost every single English language travel publication, including afar the New York Times, Condé Nast, National Geographic, and Architectural Digest. So, welcome to episode one. In this episode and in this series, I'm going to let Nicole do the talking. Today, she talks all about her suburban origins, getting wanderlust from an unexpected source, first trips, working in the Czech Republic, gaining confidence around taking the leap to write full-time, and of course, her first piece of published writing. So, let's begin. Here's the fun, whip-smart, professional travel writer and your expert on this circuit journey, Nicole Trilovas. So I've always identified as a traveler, even long before I ever hit the road. Um, my family, my mom's parents, come from an island called Ithaca in Greece's Ionian Islands. And that's where the poet Homer is said to have been from. And that's where Odysseus is returning to in the epic poem The Odyssey. So I like to claim, with a smile and a wink, that storytelling and traveling is in my blood. So my first big trip was when I was 17, I went to the Czech Republic. I went for the summer as part of a program where Teens of America go overseas to volunteer, doing all sorts of strange things like we dug out a basement of a church while we were there. We helped, quote unquote, restore a castle. But that was my first time away, and it was actually my first time being around other teenagers um, because I grew up in suburbia you know, which is this liminal place between city and country. So being around other teenagers from America, people from the West Coast and Arizona, North Dakota, places that I had never been to, was a learning experience in itself. Um, and it taught me, especially as a teenager, when you think the world revolves around you anyway, it teaches you the world is so much bigger, which of course um, was magnified when I was actually in the Czech Republic because it was under Soviet domination for so long um, up until, I think, 1989. Um, so to me as a teenager, it meant something to me that me and the country were close to the same age. And while you were there, you could still s have a sense of that newness, that energy, the revolution still in the air and the graffiti and the spirit of the people. So that was a really moving experience for me. And then just seeing things for the first time that I've never seen before, only seen in pictures, was really moving. I remember physically losing my breath when I saw the beauty of Charles Bridge, which is this beautiful ornate bridge that stretches across the river in Prague. And these moments in this first trip really underscored the fact that, yes, I am in fact a traveler. Um, well, even though I never went to journalism school, I always studied communications and I've always been interested in writing. And then sort of on the other side of that, unrelated, I've always been obsessed with traveling. For a long time, I didn't know how to combine the two because, of course, I knew the idea of a travel, the concept of a travel writer existed, but I had no idea how that happened. And everybody who was sort of the example of a travel writer seemed this die-hard, super severe person out there discovering these unknown lands and being more of an explorer or an expeditioner than a travel writer. 
So um, a few years ago, I was working for this company that specialized in creating events for the luxury travel industry. So what they would do is they would host these events several times per year where they would put private travel designers, which is a fancy way of saying travel agents, they would put those in, them in the room with uh, hotels that would fit their criteria for their clients. So after working for this company for a number of years, I realized I gathered a really good knowledge of the luxury travel industry. So people, somebody would be honeymooning in Marrakesh and they would say, what's the best, most romantic, most luxurious hotel in Marrakesh? And I could tell you the top 10 off the top of my head and I could tell you the pros and cons of each one. So I thought to myself, you know, maybe I can do something with this information. And that's when I started um, reading a lot of tra travel publications, which I always had from sort of a, in, in, in an unofficial way. I started reading them as, what were these travel publications looking for? And one of the ways I figured that out is I would look at the masthead of a magazine, which lists out who the writers are and who the editors are. And I would go through the magazine and any column or any vertical of the magazine or any portion of the magazine that wasn't written in-house by someone on the masthead, it made me realize that they were, they were working with freelance writers. So I started pitching content for those columns and those areas of the magazines where I saw that there were openings for freelance writers. We'll be right back with more tricks of the trade from Nicole after the break. It was just figuring out, having the confidence that I had enough knowledge to take it to the next level. When you look at travel journalism, especially luxury travel journalism, it can come off as a lot of fluff. I, I see travel journalists do this to themselves all the time. They say, I write about fluff. I write about fluff in all forms. And I write about luxury travel. I write about food and drink, which sure, they could be classed as fluff. But one thing that I started to understand when I was working in the luxury travel industry is how much travel really matters. For a lot of countries, it's the main source of GDP and the foundation of the economy. It's not fluff. There's certain agencies in Africa where if they employ one ranger, they've done studies and they've seen that that one ranger actually supports something like 20 to 25 people in the community. So there's a lot more to even the fluff side of luxury travel writing that um, I never realized. And once I saw that there was seriousness behind it and real weight behind it, it sort of gave me permission to explore that industry in a deeper way. Rwanda, you know, a few decades ago, you say, said the name Rwanda and you would think genocide. Nowadays, when you say the word Rwanda, people think of guerrilla trekking. And it's super interesting how it's changed the conversation. And you can look at countries like Rwanda and Uganda, who essentially are marketing the same product. Those are some of the only countries that have mountain gorilla trekking and offer that. But they're marketing the same product in a completely different package. It's all, this is all just to say that it's a very serious medium when it comes down to it, even though a lot of people sort of like to write it off as something superficial. I really didn't know what I was doing. I was writing a lot of cliches. <laughs> I was inserting myself into the story where I had no business being inserted. Um, so I, I tried to be a travel journalist before, but I, I really kind of floundered. I did write a few pieces that got published on these sort of like very blog-like sites, nothing impressive. 
But one of my first big pieces or my first like official piece of, of travel writing was a roundup, which is a collection of hotels or experiences for Afar magazine. And I was like, this is great. Afar is a major glossy travel publication. I've always admired them. My first piece was quite fluffy, (laughs) but it was a foot in the door and it got me that clip, which was great because then I could go back and say to other editors, I've been published in Afar magazine, which does mean something. Well, I studied communications and I've always been a writer and I've always kept journals. Probably up until my mid-20s, I kept a journal. And I actually recently had to clean out my childhood home and there was just stacks of these journals that I didn't know what to do with. (laughs) I've always been a storyteller and more so, I've always been interested in listening to other people's stories. And I think that's, if I could be so bold, say one of the biggest secrets of travel writing. Just keep your mouth shut and you will learn so much. (laughs) I think a lot of people want to insert themselves into that story. And again, that's sort of like a very um, teenage approach to it where you start to think the world does revolve around you. But I did realize the more I was quiet and listened to other people's stories, that's what I truly found fascinating. And that's when I found myself learning as a person and growing as a person. There's travel writing where people do want your personality to come through, but you have to keep it neutral enough where they themselves can put themselves in the scenario. So it's a really good exercise in your ego and keeping it in check. (laughs) It's interesting, too. I mean, some of the best travel writing won't use the words I, me, or my, and yet you have a complete understanding of not a complete understanding, but a good understanding of the travel writer. And I think that's a real skill to infuse personality in it without detracting from the real story. Yes. I got invited on a press trip, which we can get into later about how you work with PRs and get invited on press trips. And I was invited to Rome in the middle of winter to meet with this count who has this wine company. And I thought, this is just the coolest thing ever. You know, going to Rome, meeting a count, writing about wine. I'll do this for free. But I mean, the story was, I mean, the the assignment was great. I, um, so I had to pitch the story because um, the way it works for travel writers is, especially if you're freelance, if you're a freelance travel writer, you need to be able to tell whoever is sponsoring your trip or paying for you to have this experience or inviting you out, you need to make sure you're gonna be delivering on the back end. So you have to seek out a story before you even get on the ground, which is really difficult. It doesn't mean the story can't change, and it doesn't mean there there isn't going to be different stories that you can also write about while you're there. But you do, as a freelance travel writer, need to have an idea about what you're going to write about in order to pitch the story to an editor in order to get an assignment. Um, in order to get on this trip, I think I ended up writing a piece for Yahoo on um, how Romans eat and um, how it's this idea that wine is not drunk there to get drunk. (laughs) Wine is food, and it's this culture surrounding that. Um, And I remember I pitched it, and I got this assignment, and I was able to go on the trip, and 
my mind was completely blown. I mean, it was so, it was super luxurious, which I think also too fed my <laughs> desire to be in the luxury travel industry. Um, so we were in these beautiful hotels. I was around all these great top tier editors. It was really about having a great experience. We were drinking this fantastic wine. We were with this count who was just such a good character. I mean, you could write, and I ended up actually writing just a piece, like a profile piece on him because he was such a good character. He was like something from a different time period, but in the best way, not, you know, like a horrible, <laughs> stereotypical. <laughs> but I remember after the first trip, I was like, this is... This is insane that people get to do that. And I thought, but you know, someone has to do it and it may as well be me. have to be you really have to big up yourself a lot in this game because there's so much rejection out there and you're constantly getting knocked down so the minute there's a lull in my schedule and in my um, assignments I think to myself that's it that's the last trip I'm ever going to get invited on that's the last commission I'm ever going to get that's the last time this editor's going to work with me and I really it's a conscious effort it's like training your brain to you know to stay optimistic and say no this is how it is every Every summer, this is how the industry goes. Something else is going to come along. Don't say yes to every crap assignment or crap, you know, trip you get invited on because something else will always come up and something else always does. So it's just, um, you, but you have to be vigilant about it. You have to be vigilant about it's a mental health thing. You have to be vigilant about it and you have to look out for the signs and you have to tell yourself, no, this is just my brain playing tricks on me. And everybody has imposter syndrome. I mean, I saw a funny article recently. It was like, are you good enough to have imposter syndrome? Thanks for listening to part one of our travel writer's journey with Nicole Trillivis. All other episodes are available right now in the Circa app, ad-free, or anywhere you get your podcasts. This series was produced and edited by me, Neil Innes, and executive produced by Stacey Book, Dominic Ferrari, and Abby Glijansky. Huge thanks to Nicole for her time and wisdom. Be sure to check her out on Instagram and Twitter at Nicole Trillivas or at NicoleTrillivas.com. Continue or listen to this journey again right now in the Circa app. Circa, love the world you live in and we'll help you explore it.